Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Saturday, March 11, 2023. It's 1030 in the morning here on the East Coast of the United States, 530 in the evening in eastern Ukraine, the place from which Matt Van Dyke uh, joins us. Uh, Matt is, of course, the founder and director of Sons of Liberty International, where he and his colleagues uh, help train uh, Ukrainian uh, forces in Ukraine, in eastern Ukraine, a dangerous place in which uh, to be. Uh, and he's kind enough uh, to come to us live. Matt, always a pleasure. Uh, welcome back to the show. So I know that you have been involved uh, in the uh, detonation or neutering uh, of unexploded uh, devices, and you've sent us some very interesting uh, videos uh, and still photos. So we're going to share them with the audience now, and then you and I uh, can talk about them. So Gary, put up this uh, first one showing a, a missile in a in a house, in the wall of a house. All right, that's that's you. What what is that that your hand is on? Uh, that is a Russian missile that is in a village. They're actually scattered all throughout the village. That one went through a wall. Usually, they land in the yard or in the fields, sticking right out of the ground. Uh, that's that's most of the tail section of the missile, except a lot of these, including that one still had the warhead attached, uh, which was a failure on the missiles part that didn't detonate. But we, uh, we found more than 20 of these that need to be uh, neutralized and then hauled out. Right. So is, is that, is that th thing, is that missile live as you're touching it? Is it with a live warhead on the other side of that brick wall? That one is. Um, touching it's okay. Pulling it out is not. Uh, it has to be uh, uh, rendered harmless before it's removed from the house and from the ground. Some of them hit the ground so hard. We actually looked at some today that were completely underground where you see the crater, but nothing's there. And it's because the missile went underground and sometimes travels several feet beneath the surface. Uh, those we're going to have to go back and excavate. Uh, but eventually we'll get we'll get these out. Um, a lot of them we're going to remove ourselves, actually. Is, is, Probably is this is this. Um... The failure of Russian technology, or are they just scattershot? Are they aiming at a small village, a house? Uh, they were aiming at the village, but the fact that they didn't detonate on impact is is certainly a failure. Uh, the failure rate seems to be quite high on these. Actually, most of these were probably made in the seventies and eighties and been, have been sitting. They probably weren't that made made that well to begin with. Uh, but again, we found uh, about two dozen of these just in one small village scattered throughout oftentimes. Okay. And, and, and you and your team are able to neutralize that. You're not going to leave that live warhead in that person's house. Right. We're either, we're going to neutralize some of them. Um, and Ukraine, Ukraine's emergency services will do others that we don't have the equipment for. Okay. Um, 
towards Gary, the I think there, I think there's a Gary. I think there's a video of of that or or one that looks just like it. Can you run that video? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh. He's still ready, so this to, is still a, ready to play. Three hundred. Now, who are those? I'm putting my head down as if I was trying to look into the thing. Sorry. Who are yeah. those fellows? And is that the same one that we just saw uh, a picture of with you? Right. That's my EOD team. Um, his name's Stu. He, uh, he was tracking the missile to see if the warhead was still inside. You can see through the back of the missile whether the warhead was separated before the impact or whether it's still inside. How much so, damage to that house would the warhead have done had it exploded? It would have destroyed the house. Okay. Completely. Okay. Uh, Gary, the next uh, video, please, which I think is of a demining uh, operation. Right now, where is that, if you can tell us, and who are those guys and what were they doing? It's also in eastern Ukraine. That's uh, my mining team again. They're sweeping for mines, so a lot of it is done by metal detector and just step-by-step step, uh, looking for hits on mines. It's a very difficult thing to do because the area is covered with shrapnel, as a lot of this battlefield is, and uh, you have to determine which hits are just shrapnel, which are mines, mark them, go back, excavate, and then decide whether render it safe, dig it up, or keep it in place and destroy it. Okay. Uh, we're going to show you uh, now a video of what appears to be a detonation. Uh, Matt and I have seen this, and for all of you wonderful folks watching, just be patient. We, we'll get to the point of it uh, at the end of the video. Gary? <laughs> That's a bang and a half. <laughs> well done. Okay, what what was that white? steak with the red top and then what did we wish uh, did we witness towards the horizon uh in that video well we use the stakes to mark uh mines and safe paths to walk through mines uh, the explosion was a collection of mostly anti-tank mines that we had found that then ukraine emergency services put inside a pit and detonated. Uh, it was a massive explosion. We were several hundred meters away and you could feel just a blast pass right over your skin, the pressure wave. Um, but that's that was a mass detonation. We also sent a photo uh, to you of, of several of the mines before they were detonated that goes with that. Right, okay, so what are, what are we looking at there? Are those Russian mines, does that mean that Russian troops were physically there and physically implanted those things in the earth. Right. Those are Russian anti-tank mines. Uh, they're all over the place there. There's also anti-personnel mines. The explosion that you just saw was, I think, about five or six of those together in the pit um, with the explosive. They were actually detonated in what the Russians had used as a trench uh, or as a fighting position dug in the ground that then we used for, for detonating. 
Now, what would set that off? I mean, what would happen if a human being stepped on it? Would it go off or does it require metal or does it require the type of pressure that only a tank would uh, uh, impose? That type of mine requires the amount of pressure of a vehicle. So a car or truck would, would set it off, completely destroy the vehicle, uh, often completely destroy a tank as well. But there's also anti-personnel mines. They've also... Uh, have anti-personnel mines with anti-lift, which are just designed to kill miners if they try to move them out of the ground. So it's a very tricky, tricky spot. My mighty miners have said in, in their 20 years, each experience is the worst minefield they've ever been in. Gary, let's go to the next still. Uh, what what are we looking at here, Matt? Uh, this is sweeping one of the, the fighting positions. Um, yeah, that the Russians had had that they put mines around for us to, you know, hoping that, that as they fled, that Ukrainians were killed stepping on the All right, so are those your guys in uniforms that say EOD? Yes. And, and what does EOD stand for in English? Explosive Ordnance Disposal. And and is that insignia on, on their shoulder patch? By the way, is one of them you? No, that's uh, Stu and, and somebody we're cooperating with, Trevor. Okay. Uh, and the, the insignia on their shoulders, is that something recognized by the uh, Ukraine troops and the Ukraine government and even recognized by the Russians? Uh, EOD is the standard standard designation for explosive ordnance disposal. Uh, beneath that is the Sons of Liberty International patch, which I, I hope the Russians have started to recognize and get to know real well because we're not going anywhere. All right. Next still, Gary. What is that? Uh, that is another part of a missile, uh, being found within a building. Is they that live? So. What that fellow has in his hands? No, that just, I believe that's just part of the tail section. Okay. Next photo, Gary. All right. Well, that, that, uh, that we've seen. Mm -hmm. All right. So I guess the process is never ending. You're in Eastern Ukraine. You're looking for mines. Uh, to, I guess, do you detonate them like the ones we saw that you were a few hundred meters away from at the time of the detonation? Or is there a safer, less violent way to uh, neutralize them? Well, there's really three ways. Uh, we can neutralize it and remove it, which is uh, the least preferred option. We can call Ukraine emergency services, which have the explosives. And like they did there, they take several of the mines we find at once and destroy them. Or we can destroy them ourselves, uh, which we actually did this week by a ballistic method using an M14 rifle and firing one them from a distance, which explodes them in place, which is actually, our, of course, our preferred method of doing it. Gary, can you put up the picture of the uh, missile in the house where Matt is uh, touching the tail end protruding from the house? There we go. What became uh, of the live part, the unexploded live part of that the part that's on the other side of the brick wall that's still in there that that photo was taken earlier today um what we've been doing in that village is doing the survey so a, a local official will take us around the village and show us where people have reported uh missiles in that case through the house or often just in the yard or in the fields and we go to each location mark the location um, see if there's still live explosive in it take notes, and then uh, we'll, we'll either deal with it or Ukraine emergency services will. 
right? This this may sound like a naive question, but I assume that in your team are explosive experts, people who know from looking at this thing whether it's still alive. Right. The the EOD team are all explosive experts. In the, in the earlier video, when one was looking inside, that's what he was he was examining the missile to see uh, if it's safe or not. In that case, it's not. Very dangerous work you're doing. Uh, how close have you been to live fire, if you can tell us? Um, I mean, there's artillery in the area. We hear art artillery throughout the day, really, for this particular mission. We did, we did some training this week, uh, but a lot of it is we are going through minefields and through villages and helping out with the landmine problem. Uh, we're going to be winding up more of our training soon. Um, that's, Ooh, that's going. What, what is that, Matt? Those are the collection of anti-tank mines that we found that were the ones exploding the large explosion in the video you showed earlier. All right, so you physically removed them from the earth and then compacted them together and then detonated them. Right, and then Ukraine Emergency Services came in with explosives to do the detonation. How, how uh, dangerous is it to pull those things out of the earth and transport them to a, a ditch or a hole in the ground? It's dangerous removing them. The anti-tank mines aren't as dangerous transporting them a short distance to the pit, but they could always be rigged with traps. Um, so it's it's the whole work is very dangerous. All right. Uh, what is the uh, attitude, or, or are you able to get your finger on the pulse of the attitude of the Ukrainian people uh, or the Ukrainian military? We'll start with the Ukrainian people. Uh, you know, after 10 million of them have left and we don't know how many are dead, are they still uh, have high morale for resisting the Russians or do you have a different view of their uh, their stamina and their and their intentions? Uh, morale is very high. Uh, you know, now now the big question is people are looking forward to who does the offensive in spring? Is it going to be Russia? Is it going to be Ukraine? Uh, both sides seem determined to do an offensive. It's a matter of who's more successful at doing it, or maybe offensives occur by both sides in different areas of the country. Uh, but that's that's the big question. But people are very optimistic because they know a lot of Western equipment's coming, tanks from the UK, Germany, and the United States. Uh, they think it'll be a game changer, and hopefully it will be. Is there fear of the uh, onslaught that we've been hearing about, 300 to 500,000 uh, troops? Russian troops. There's certainly a concern, but I mean, they look at, at fronts like Bakhmut where, I mean, it's, it's Ukraine's clinging on a bit, but, uh, but you know, if there was going to be an onslaught, Russia would have put it there and it hasn't happened. So I think that that gives some encouragement that perhaps Russia isn't ready to do that or Russia doesn't have the logistics to do it. Um, but it's it's still a question uh, where where these conscripts are that Russia has mobilized, but it looks like they don't have logistics to do this massive offensive that people have feared. Uh, if uh, the Russians do take Bakhmut, that would be a serious setback for the Ukrainian forces, would it not? It would be a bit of a setback in morale, but I think people know that that you know it's been a long fight. A lot of Russians have died. Bakhmut is not as important strategically as some other places in Ukraine. But, I mean, they, they don't want to lose it. But, you know, as Zelensky has said, it's been accepted that they're not going to sacrifice, uh, you know, forever there. At some point, the calculation will be if it needs to be withdrawn from, they'll withdraw from it.
But they've given it, it a hope. Like, it sounds like it sounds like they expect to lose it and are uh, looking to resist the Russians in in another place. Fair assessment. Yeah, fair assessment. And there's there's right. some high ground outside of Bakhmut that once Ru if Russians take Bakhmut, Ukraine will will start shelling, and you know it's not the end of the world by far. Is it? Um, I didn't see this in any of the pictures uh, you showed us. Um, and maybe it was just a dry day. Is it the muddy season now as we leave winter and enter spring? I mean, I'm asking about this yeah. because of because of tanks. You know from your military experience and from your observations what mud can do to tanks. And, of course, mud is not ideological. What it does to the Russian tanks, it will do to the, the tanks that the U.S. And the, and the British and the Germans have sent. Is it the muddy season yet? It's definitely the muddy season already. We've had a, a warm end of winter here. You know, Ukraine gets a sort of a permafrost under the surface that when we first started the demining work, we could only we could only probe down a few inches. It was very difficult. Now, after some warm weather, uh, it's turned to mud. And this is a mud like I've, I've never seen anywhere else in the world. Uh, the amount of moisture in the Ukrainian soil is, is unbelievable. The mud gets, you know, a foot deep in places. It's constantly all over the boots. Today we had a pool vehicle, uh, a press vehicle out of the mud using our truck. Uh, it's it's really on a whole other level. It's hard to even imagine. Really, it will take tracked vehicles, the tanks, the Bradleys. Uh, everything's going to be really essential to be able to to do any sort of offensive now that it's spring and, this, and the ground softened up. It's going to make things a lot more difficult. You mentioned a press vehicle. Are are you working with uh, Western journalists? Yeah, journalists come. We uh, take them to what they want to see, help them out. Same thing we did during previous missions, what we, we did in Iraq as well. Um, we also provide things like free rides, translation, housing for journalists. Uh, okay, I, I, won't, uh, I won't use any proper names, but if you come across any of my buddies from Fox that I worked with for uh, 24 years, give them my best. <laughs> sure. Well, we'd be happy to see them out here. Uh, Matt Van Dyke uh, from somewhere uh, in eastern Ukraine. Uh, be safe, and thank you very much for joining us, as always, Matt. And thanks so much for those uh, photographs, the likes of which I haven't seen before. And I know from the comments, even people that disagree with you uh, politically and ideologically, uh, appreciate the information that you've made available, especially the visuals. Thank you, Matt. Anytime. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. Judge Napolitano, more as we get it for judging freedom.